Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 a month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. No additional fees. Literally hundreds of events for only $39 a month. For instance, over the next few weeks, you can hit up CU vs. Arizona, Big Wonderful Beer Fest, Jeff Diet Comedy Works. They've got Taps and Tails, Jay Balvin at the Pepsi Center, IndyCard, Haunted House. There's literally something for everyone. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, anything else you can imagine that's going on in Denver. There's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. So here's where it gets good. We've partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners a great deal. If you go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe, you're going to get 50% off your first month. That's right, guys. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it. Fall in love with it like we all did at BSN Denver. So again, go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN. Download the app for free. And use promo code BSN50. And with that, welcome into a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind alongside Christian Clark. We got a game to talk about, Christian. Friday night, the Nuggets hosted the Perth Wildcats of the NBL of Australia and New Zealand's National Basketball League. I don't think this one went quite as Denver thought it would. The Nuggets pull out the win 96-88, but there were some tense moments at Pepsi Center, particularly late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter. What did you see from the Nuggets Friday night? You know, me and you were both in the house during all those home games in January where the Nuggets played a lot of not great opponents, NBA opponents, not NBL opponents, and there just weren't a ton of fans in the house, and... I think I saw some similarities between the Nuggets' effort they put on the floor last night and some of the efforts they put forth in January when they kind of went through that that winter slump last year that really ended up costing them in the end. It was just a a game that was hard to get up for, and that was really apparent in the Nuggets' play. This was the first time we saw the starting five the Nuggets are going to throw out on opening night, you know, barring injury or something unforeseen. And they didn't look great together. Really, the bench had to do the heavy lifting for this team to pull out a win. The Nuggets just didn't look crisp. The starting five didn't look that interested, that focused. I mean, look, it's just a preseason game, and it was really just an exhibition game. But it wasn't a great performance. Yeah, I'd agree with pretty much everything you said there. And Michael Malone was pissed after the game. There's no way around that, and I feel for him because, look, this is a big year for him, obviously, in a contract year. This is a big year for the Nuggets. This isn't how he hoped his starting lineup that has really high expectations, the Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nicole Jokic, first five. The Nuggets are going to be really good this year. That starting lineup has to be really good, and this wasn't the debut he was looking for with Now, just two preseason games to go next week until the Nuggets opener, October 17th, in L.A. against the Clippers. Yeah, they were not crisp. Uh, That starting five was not good. Nicole Jokic looked pretty disinterested, I thought. Uh, Gary Harris did look good, I'll say that. thought Will Barton had some good moments, and that was the encouraging part. Uh, Gary Harris did pop off the page. I thought Will Barton 
Barton did make some nice plays. But other than that, yeah, the starting five did not good, did not look good. And going back to what I just said, Mike Mullen was upset. He implored his starting group to begin the game quicker. He said that's been a similar theme in all three games so far. The starters have not looked great, and the bench has saved them. It, it's tough to to take it into the moment. The Nuggets obviously didn't have a good showing, but I would caution Nuggets fans out there that are freaking out to, to slow their roll a bit because I think everything should be okay. Yeah, there's there's no reason to panic or anything. Don't, don't hit the panic button. You know, a pretty good way to tell how the Nuggets are doing is just watch Nikola Jokic and the body language he plays with because when... Nikola Jokic feels comfortable out there and he's moving with purpose, then there's a pretty good chance the Nuggets are going to win the game or at least stay competitive. And if he kind of looks like he did last night where, you know, he's maybe going like three-quarter speed and there are a lot of eye rolls and shoulder shrugs, then there's a good chance that the Nuggets aren't going to put out a great effort on the floor. And look, like I just said, there's no reason to panic. It's just one exhibition game, but one of the next steps of development for this team, one of the things they talked about all preseason at media day is just beating the crap and burying bad opponents. You have to do that if you want to be a, a playoff team in the Western Conference. If you want to be a team that gets home court advantage in the playoffs, you have to take care of business against the bad teams. That's something the Nuggets struggled with last year. And I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens against you know, the Atlantas, the Sacramentos this year in December, in, in January, in the early parts of February, when it might be hard to get up for those games. Right, and that was a point of frustration for Mike Mullen after the game because you know those losses beat him up, beat his staff up, beat the whole Nuggets organization up throughout last year and over the summer when they were going back and looking at the season and picking out reasons why they didn't make the playoffs. That factor the inability to beat poor teams probably rose to the top as one of the reasons why they didn't make the playoffs last year those losses like you just said to phoenix to atlanta sacramento we could go on to dallas to memphis that was a big reason why they missed the postseason and they've got to clean that issue up or else you know they might be on the cut line for the postseason again this year yeah and you know what it was just game number one for the starting five together let's see how they look next game against a real NBA opponent when, you know, maybe the stadium is three-quarters full instead of one-eighth full. By the way, not bashing any fans. If you don't want to come out for the Perth Wildcats, I don't blame you. There are plenty of things to do with your time. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just – it's just not time to hit the panic button or anything like oh, that. Oh, for sure not. And I, I wasn't surprised this is the result that the Nuggets put on the floor. I mean, it's just kind of – how things go I guess you play against the Lakers in back-to-back games two sold-out arenas then you come home against a team that's not in the NBA off a long road trip your first home game not a big crowd and yeah you just kind of come out lackadaisical I don't think that was surprising to many people yeah and I think Will Barton told you in post post game that you know he pointed out that OKC lost to an international opponent last year did they lose to Beijing is that right I'm not sure who they lost to. Okay, I'd have to, I need to fact check on that. But I know OKC lost to an international opponent and they still made the playoffs. Like, you know, it's not the end of the world if you, if you struggle against one of these teams in the preseason. Yeah, Nikola Jokic, 
Jokic's night did not impress for sure. He did not pop uh, last night. Just three points, one of five shooting in 22 minutes, seven rebounds, just three assists. Nicole Jokic finished in the negatives last night. And obviously, for him to finish in the negatives in any game is kind of surprising because he's a guy who is one of the top guys in the league and plus minus top guys on the Nuggets and plus minus. I believe he's now been in the negatives in all three Nuggets preseason games so far. So uh, the Nuggets starting lineup just just hasn't really figured it out. Jokic was uh, a minus seven a few nights ago against the Lakers and then a minus eight in the Nuggets opener against the Lakers. And, you know, that's rare because he's rarely a guy who finishes in the minuses. And then, you know, elsewhere on the Nuggets starting lineup, Paul Millsap, five points, two of seven from the field. It was a frustrating night for the Nuggets. That's what the feeling was post game. It was an especially frustrating night for Paul Millsap. Did not feel like he got the foul calls he should have. A bunch of guys were talking after the game how the refs were super inconsistent all night. And, of course, he gets that double technical in the third quarter, drives baseline, finishes with a dunk. It was a nice move by Paul going baseline there and then said something to the ref. You could kind of hear it listening back on the broadcast of uh, something to the tune of call that shit or, or something like that. Keeps talking, uh, gets tossed there for his first career ejection uh, happening in a preseason game and then the other guy Jamal Murray who we should probably touch on from the starting group one of four in 20 minutes didn't really pop either obviously he's been nursing that ankle injury was good to go for tonight um, but not a, a super impressive performance from him yeah Paul Millsap um, it hasn't been a great preseason for him I believe he's just three for 16 overall from the field in three games He's just gotten off to a slow start for whatever reason, and it's kind of surprising to me because, you know, all summer and at media day we heard that, hey, the wrist feels 100% healthy. I'm just going to chalk it up to a little rust at this point. I mean, I, I think Paul Millsap looked pretty good last year, even when he was playing with a hurt wrist, so I'm going to give it a little more time on that. But, yeah, he just didn't look right last night. I mean, he wasn't making moves decisively. Uh, he committed four turnovers in just 19 minutes on the floor. I think he probably was getting beat up a little bit, and it was not a, a particularly well-refereed game, and that did have something to do with it. So I can understand why he's frustrated. And <laughs> Paul Millsap is not a guy who gets pissed off very often. That was a, a great fact that that was the first time he's ever been ejected in an NBA game. Paul Millsap has been, a been around for, I mean, couple seasons more than a decade and you know for him to finally get ejected after all that uh, you know he had to be pretty pissed yeah he was pretty pissed that's the most upset I've seen Paul Millsap in an NBA game obviously in a Nuggets uniform over the past year maybe in his NBA career normally super mild-mannered and if you had Paul Millsap's first career ejection coming against the Perth Wildcats in a preseason game you should run to Vegas right now Let's go ahead and take our first break, but I, I do want to ask you this before we do so. Jokic has been a minus in all three games. His finger still seems to be bothering him a little bit, I think. He's got the tape on it right now. He just doesn't seem to be popping like he did uh, last season. The Nuggets offense just doesn't seem to be popping like it did last season. How closely are you going to be watching these next two preseason games when it just comes to 
the Nuggets offense. Michael Malone said before this game against Perth that next week against the Clippers, next week against Chicago, seems like he's going to play his regulars all four quarters. How big of a kind of benchmark is it going to be for this Nuggets offense to kind of pop at some point over these next couple games? Well, the, I think the Nuggets offense looked great in that first preseason game against the Lakers. I mean, they were sloppy a lot of times. I mean, they committed 20-plus turnovers, so they didn't play a particularly clean game, but they still put up a ton of points. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll definitely be watching closely. I mean, now that the Nuggets 5 that they're going to throw out an opening night has finally got to get some burn together a, a little bit, I would expect them to look a little more cohesive and on, on the same page and yeah, my opinion hasn't changed at all. I mean, I, I think they're going to be a killer offense this year. I mean, two two preseason games where they've struggled a little bit hasn't really changed my mind. It hasn't changed my mind either, but I think the Nuggets need to see particularly their starting unit really mesh together at some point over these next two games. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, the subscription that can get into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind, alongside Christian Clark. The one, I guess, constant that's been apparent and that's taken place in each of these three preseason games. The Nuggets benches look solid. Michael Malone commenting after the game that the bench has saved them in all three matchups. A couple impressive guys again Friday night. Malik Beasley, Mason Plumley. We've got a question from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline about Malik Beasley. So let's go there right now. Hello, Harrison and Christian, it's Evan from Castle Rock, a.k.a. Ranchman. I've got some random observations after the first three preseason games. First off, there's a Twitter account called Jokic Center, and it states that one website lists Jokic at seven feet. I'm wondering if he grew all of a sudden. You know, I'd like to see the NBA hire a third party every year to measure height and weight. In bare feet, that is not in shoes, and in underwear only, and then publish the results. Seems like it's such a subterfuge, the information we get. And here's a question for the, you two guys. Who writes Jokic Center? Seems to be a mystery that you fellows might be able to solve. Second, 
Malik Beasley is beginning to put daylight between himself and Torrey Craig as the best option as a backup shooting guard. While Torrey Craig is the better rebounder, Beasley's a better offensive weapon, and I think he's the better overall defender. This is going to be a defining test for Malone as he makes rotation decisions for the upcoming season. Last year, the bench didn't do too well. Does he want a bench this year that can beat the opponent's reserves, or does he choose Craig over Beasley as the first player to substitute into the lineup in the number two position? Craig plays hard, but doesn't create mismatches the way Beasley has the potential to. Third, Wancho. Wancho continues to be unpredictable. I loved his performance two years ago against Golden State, but that's been a career outlier. He entered the game against Perth with less than six minutes remaining. How do I interpret that? It may mean that at that point, Coach Malone was willing to try anything to spark the team. It's noteworthy he didn't come in earlier in a test of his skills as a number three. His contribution last night, pretty modest. His best value appears to be a sweetener in a trade deadline transaction. I'll conclude with a statement of the obvious. Monte Morris was a great draft pick by Tim Connolly. Thanks for the great work. I'm out. Hey, Ranchman. uh, Appreciate the question. Yes, Jokic being listed at seven feet, one of the biggest mysteries so far this early part of the season. We need to ask him next media availability. You know, did you grow? You know, what's with the discrepancy between this year and last year? I'm not going to lie, though. I actually kind of like the fact that teams get to list their players' own height and weight because I kind of like them juking the stats. It's kind of funny to me. Like Kevin Durant doesn't want to be known as a seven-footer, so he just gets listed at six foot ten, even though he is seven feet tall. I think it's kind of funny in some ways. Um, as for some of the bench guys, Malik Beasley was pretty awesome last night. He shot the heck out of the ball in the preseason. He's 11 for 16 overall from three-point range in the preseason. He went four for six last night. You know, we asked him after the game about his shot, and he mentioned this offseason that he put a lot of work into focusing on shooting more straight straight up and down. He mentioned last year that he kind of had a, a mild lean back in his shot, and he said going more straight up and down is helping him out a little bit. I also liked what he said, too. Um, you know, Jordy Fernandez, another summer league coach, he talked a lot about the need for Malik to play within himself. Just make the simple play. You know, take the open shot when it's there. Play really good perimeter defense because that's one thing this Nuggets team doesn't do well. And just keep moving the ball when, you know, an easy play isn't there. And Malik said he, he's really embracing that. He He's just trying to make the simple play. And I think it's really working out for him. It, it looks like things are slowing down for him out there. And Malik Beasley is a really interesting player. I mean, if you look at him physically, he's a beast. He he looks great. It looks like he's put on some weight, some muscle, and he's really athletic. I mean, he's got the type of skill set that the Nuggets could really need this year. Yeah, Malik was impressive last night, again, for a third straight game, I thought. 14 points, 4-6 from three. He's not missing from three-point range these days. He's a plus 16. That was tied with Mason Plumlee for a game high in plus minus, and we'll touch on Plumlee's night in a second. Another really nice performance from him. Yeah, Malik Beasley is really doing everything he can this preseason to force Mike Malone to play him, and it's been one of the storylines to watch throughout preseason, the battle for minutes off the Nuggets bench between Torrey Craig and Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez. And to get to another point that Ranchman just made, 
pretty clear that Wancho's on the outside looking in for rotation minutes right now. He had that great game in the preseason opener against the Lakers. Uh, didn't really factor in to the flow of the game in that second matchup. And again, last night, we see him get six minutes. Alaska off the bench. Uh, ten guys played before Wancho last night. I don't think he got on the court until the fourth quarter. And look, last night was the first time this preseason where the Nuggets had their full starting five. They did not have their full starting five in their first two preseason games, which means you know everybody got bumped up uh, a seat on the Nuggets bench. And maybe that contributed to him getting some more playing time. But yeah, it, what we can take away from Wancho getting six minutes is that he's clearly behind both Torrey Craig and Malik Beasley in terms of uh, the packing order off the Nuggets bench. When it comes to Torrey Craig versus Malik Beasley for playing time, I'd say Torrey Craig is still slightly ahead of Malik Beasley on the packing order there, but Malik's certainly doing everything he can to make the decision tough for Michael Malone. If you were speaking about an offensive option, Malik might be the better offensive option. You still get the feeling, though, that Michael Malone trusts Torrey Craig's defense more than uh, a lot of other guys on the Nuggets bench. Yeah, you know, we kind of, I guess, forecasted coming into the preseason that the pecking order for those guys is going to be Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley below him, and then Juancho Hernan Gomez third. You know, I, I almost view Malik Beasley and Torrey Craig as dead even right now for yeah. who, who's, who could get those minutes at the early part of the year. And, you know, some of it's going to depend on matchups. And Malik Beasley's not going to shoot it's like 65% from three-point land for, forever or anything. But Malik Beasley has uh, done quite a bit in this preseason, in my mind. I mean, he's re he's showing that he's coachable, really. I mean, the Nuggets have wanted him to play more under-control basketball for a long time now. You know, that's a, a consistent point that Michael Malone has hammered home. Jordy Fernandez hum hammered home at Summer League, and he's doing that. Agreed. Uh, I definitely agree with that. The issue for Malik is he's only like six three, six four, right? And Torrey Craig's probably the more natural small forward, and and that's the position where the Nuggets are probably the thinnest on uh, on that, you know, in their rotation. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Malik's been definitely impressive. Been one of the most impressive players on the Nuggets this preseason from training camp through these first few preseason games. Yeah, and he's making it very difficult for Michael Malone to not give him you know, 18, 20 minutes per game once the preseason starts. Somebody else has, who's been really impressive throughout this entire preseason is Mason Plumley. He's healthy. He looks more athletic than he did last year. He's been finishing the ball really well. He's been rolling to the rim. We've got a question from Noah on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline about Mason Plumley. Let's go there right now. Hey, guys. It's Noah from Phoenix. Uh, just uh, got done watching the Perth Wildcats-Denver Nuggets preseason game. And uh, I have a question regarding Mason Plumley. Obviously, he's had a pretty strong preseason, and we can see that he's healthy and more athletic, and he's been a great finisher and very productive off the bench for the Nuggets. Do you guys think that he may have uh, a be a viable option for a six-man of the year? I know it's pretty rare to ever see a center even receive votes, but with the production that he's giving off the bench, I think that 
if Denver is one of the <clears throat> upper uh, seeds, uh, maybe a home court team in the Western Conference, that he could definitely get some looks at that if he keeps up this production. So I'm interested to see what your guys' insight in on uh, on that is, uh, because the last center that uh, won Six Man of the Year, I believe, was Cliff Robinson. I looked it up. So uh, thank you guys and uh, go Nuggets. Thanks Noah for the call. So Mason Plumley, Six Man of the Year consideration over Lou Will. <laughs> over Lou Will, what are his chances? Um, I think Mason Plumley has been really good this preseason. It feels like he's taken 25 shots and missed like two of them. Um, you know, a lot of guys say, oh, this is the healthiest I've ever felt. I feel so good at this point in the year. You know, with Mason Plumley, these these performances um, and just talking to him really does lead me to believe that he's at a much better place physically than he was the last two seasons you know, the, the two seasons before this, he's dealt with strains in his core that have limited his mobility. And last summer, he tried to just rehab it without having surgery. He underwent surgery um, in April this year. And I think he's moving a lot better out on the floor than I've seen him really in a Nuggets uniform. I would say that, you know, Mason Plumley being in the conversation for six man of the year, that's probably not going to happen. There are just you know, some really talented scores like Alou Williams, um, you know, Fred Van Vliet in Toronto comes to mind. I think there are a lot of names ahead of Plumley, but I don't know. I'm I'm buying Mason Plumley stock right now. I think he could have a pretty good year, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm buying stock, not buying six man of the year stock because we know six man of the year just goes to the guy off the bench who scores the most points usually, and typically that's Lou Williams. Mason Plumley might average like 10 points a game. He's not going to average the 16, 17 points per game he'll need to to get six man of the year consideration. That doesn't mean he might not be one of the most valuable bench players in the league this year. How about that? Um, but he, he's looked great this preseason. He's definitely going to be a factor for the Nuggets this year behind Nikola Jokic, next to Nikola Jokic, next to Paul Millsap at times, next to Trey Lyles at times with that bench unit. If the Nuggets go, you know, four or five bench guys out there at a time. So, the Nuggets are really happy he's healthy, and he's definitely a guy Mike Bullen trusts when the game starts to count for real. That might be a good transition into another question we've got from EJ here, kind of drifting away from Friday night's game a little bit. But he asks, who might win NBA awards from this Nuggets squad? Let's go to his question right now. Hello, this is EJ Holloway calling from Jacksonville, Florida. I've been listening to the podcast for about a year. Um, I have a very uh, simple question. Which Denver Nuggets players um, do you guys believe will win NBA awards this 2018-2019 season? Harrison Wynn, it's great to have you back. Um, I, I just think you guys do a fantastic job with this podcast, and I'm looking forward to listening uh, week in and week out. Uh, the rest of the preseason looks a little bit boring for me. Um, can't wait for the regular season to start. Uh, definitely want to see some Gary Harris in the lineup quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's been nice seeing Plumlee make those free throws. So, anyway, uh, yeah, it was just that one simple question. Uh, which Denver Nuggets players do you think will win NBA awards this 2018-2019 season? Once again, this is EJ Holloway from Jacksonville, Florida. Have a fantastic day. EJ, thanks for the question. Definitely appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. And again, I want to remind you guys, if you ever have a question for the show, 
The best way to get on the show is the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number you need to call. If you've never called before, all it is is an answering machine. So leave your name, leave where you're calling from, leave a question or a take you got about the Nuggets. We love the calls after the game that we can get in our show the next day. So again, the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. When it comes to Nuggets who might win awards this year, my list starts with Nikola Jokic. Didn't look great Friday night, but all the pieces are in place for him, I believe, to have a career year. I've said this before, but the starting lineup really just plays to Jokic's strength. Him being surrounded by Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton. Three guards who can play make, three guards who can operate out of the DHO, operate in the pick and roll, cut, move, shoot. Near 40% from three, all three of those guys. Also, super high IQ guys. That's what Will Barton said when I asked him what makes that starting five mesh so well last night. Everybody has high IQ on that five. Everybody knows how to play with each other. Everybody knows how to move with the ball, without the ball. So I think everything is in place for Nicole Yoke to have a great year. And look, he could probably put up stats pretty similar to what he did last year and make the All-Star game if the Nuggets are in solid playoff positioning when those All-Star votes get counted. If you remember last year, when all-star voting was going on, like December, January, that was some of the worst Nuggets basketball they played all of last season. So that certainly didn't help him. A large part, a large part of making an all-star team is how good your team is, to be quite honest, if you're a fringe guy like Jokic is. So the Nuggets are in solid playoff positioning when all-star balloting is done this year. That's going to really help him out. Jamal Murray is another guy that a lot of people – throw into this awards race do you think he's got a shot at most improved player well definitely I mean the NBA GMs think uh, Jamal Murray has a pretty good shot for most improved player Um, that that poll that's conducted every year that John Schumann puts out Jamal Murray was voted as the most likely player in the NBA to have a breakout season by the 30 GMs in the NBA yeah I mean Murray might be the odds on favorite for most improved player if you're just pulling like media executives from around the league I think he's going to have a pretty good year and I agree on Jokic I mean I think I think he's got a really good chance to make an all-star team this year I think he's got a really good chance to finally make an all-NBA team um, you know like you said the Nuggets are just going to have to win like they're going to have to win 50 plus games I think you know for those things to happen for Jokic they got to have the team success Definitely. The NBA GM's putting Murray number one there was a shock to me, to be quite honest. I did not expect him to get that much love from uh, the GMs out there. Well, what was funny about that was that, you know, Jamal Murray got all this love and then the Nuggets young core didn't get any love at all. Uh, NBA right. GMs thought Phoenix and Chicago both had better young cores than the Nuggets. Chicago won 26 games last year. The Nuggets won 46. But they got Laurie Bird, Christian. They got Laurie Bird. Oh, man. Jamal Murray gets 20% of that vote, which is significant because, I mean, last year, Carl Towns led that category with 21% of the vote. And if Jamal Murray can have an ascension to NBA stardom like Carl Towns has had, maybe uh, without the -the off-the-court drama or behind-the-scenes drama, I think the Nuggets are going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, that was one of the other interesting takeaways about that survey is 
you know, this time last year, whenever they were asked which player would you start a franchise with, they all said Carl Anthony Towns. And I think this year he didn't even get a single vote. Right. This year he did not get a vote. Giannis led that category with 30%. And I think like most things, the truth is somewhere in the middle there. Um, you know, I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is quite as good as some thought last year, but you know. I think he's as good. I think this is might be a reflection of what's been happening off the court. Well, yeah, no. What I mean is, he's awesome. But like, I would, I would definitely take other players ahead of him if I got one pick to start my franchise. But like, yeah. he would definitely be on my top like seven list, no question about it. I mean, it's just, it just feels like kind of an overcorrection because of all the Jimmy Butler drama and everything. Yeah, for sure. Let's go ahead and take our second break. We got a couple more questions to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Also, some other takeaways from this game and what we're looking forward to next week. We'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. When it comes to quality craft beer, there is no place quite like Colorado. And Colorado Keg House embraces the true essence of that, providing 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. The most unique thing about Colorado Cake House is how many beers they have on tap. I mean, there's simply a beer for everyone. They change them out regularly, and it's, it's great Colorado craft beer. I've been going there for about two years now, and I'm never disappointed. That was Lindsay, and like she mentioned, Colorado Keg House rotates their inventory each week to bring you new flavors. They also offer a great selection of Colorado wines and spirits, so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy any sport you wish on one of their 27 TVs. My favorite thing about Colorado Cake House is the atmosphere. You can bring whatever food that you want to eat in there, and they have a million TVs. It feels like it's not a bad seat in the house, and they've got extremely comfy couches that you can sit on and hang out with your friends and just kick back. It's, it's a great atmosphere. If you're a Colorado beer lover and you haven't checked out Colorado Keg House in Broomfield, do yourself a favor and head over there today. And don't forget to mention BSN to receive 20% off your order. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind alongside Christian Clark discussing Friday's game, the Nuggets top Perth, but it was an ugly one. 96-88, the first time the Nuggets have been held under 100 points this preseason, and it came against Perth, a team with, I'll say maybe they got one NBA caliber player in Bryce Cotton who put a 33 spot on the Nuggets, 11 to 21 from the field, 5 to 10 from three, arguably the best player on the floor Friday night. He was impressive for the Perth Wildcats. We got one more question on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline from Corey. Let's hear what he has to say. Hello, this is Corey from Florida. I uh, appreciate you guys' work and the daily podcast. Those are awesome. Keep it up. Um, my question is, can the Nuggets, or is it realistic that the Nuggets could have three 20-point-per-game scores that being Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Nikola Jokic? See, Murray was about three points off. Jokic was two, and Harris was about two, two or three points as well. With the, this dynamic offense, there's a might be a possibility that we could have three 20-point-per-game scores, and that would be amazing. That's obviously the ceiling of the offense, but we have an equal opportunity offense, so that could, it's probably not going to happen, but how amazing would it be if we did have those three 20-point-per-game scores? 
thank you guys for all the hard work you guys do. Um, go Nuggets. And thanks for playing my question. Thanks, Corey, for the question, as always. I'll throw this to you, Christian. Can the Nuggets have three 20-point-per-game scores next season? It doesn't seem very likely to me. If you're just looking at historical precedent recently, uh, the Heatles were never able to do it. Chris Bosh topped out at about 18 points per game um, when Bosh, LeBron, and Wade all played together. The Warriors have been able to do it the last two years with KD, Steph, and Clay. But I think the issue with the Nuggets is that, you know, all five guys in that starting lineup need to eat. And, you know, if three guys were averaging 20 points per game or more, then I think that would mean that they were taking probably too many shots for this Nuggets offense to, to function properly. I mean, I, I think that the Nuggets might have one 20 points per game score this year, but, you know, three just seems highly unlikely because, you know, Will Barton and Paul Millsap are going to get a lot of the shots too, and deservedly so. I mean, you know, if they were to have three 20 points per game scores, they'd probably be Jokic, Harris, and Murray. I would imagine those were their top three scores from last year. That would take away shots from Barton and Millsap, and I just don't see that happening. I think everybody's going to eat this year, and which is why it'll make it difficult. Yeah, I would go under three 20-point-per-game scores, too. I don't think two is out of the question, though. Maybe Jokic and Murray can get there. The difference between the Warriors and the Nuggets, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good comparison. If you look at that Warriors starting five, yeah, they've got Steph. Yeah, they got KD. Yeah, they've got Clay. Outside of that, there are two other starters. Draymond, not really a, a guy who you need to get going on the offensive end. Not really a guy who looks to score first. And, you know, whoever's been their center over the past couple of years hasn't really been a uh, high scoring option and then even on their bench the Nuggets are a deeper offensive team than the Warriors that's a crazy thing to say but Nuggets have just a lot more offensive options a lot more offensive firepower they can hit you from a lot of different areas where you know with the Warriors you know you're getting it from Steph you know you're getting it from KD and you know you get you're getting it from Clay other than that their offensive options are kind of few and far between I think Jokic is going to average more than 20 points per game this season. I think Murray's going to be right there. I'd still go under 20 points per game for him. I'd go maybe 18 and a half, 19 points per game. And then I'd go Gary Harris right under that. So if I had to say, I think the Nuggets only get one 20 point per game score this year because they spread it around. That's the beauty of this team. A lot of these guys aren't worried about specific individual stats, mainly Nicole Jokic. He's just going to get the 20 points a game really without even trying. And you saw that over the Nuggets' first couple of preseason games. The offensive rebounds he gets, the little just layups he gets around the rim, uh, he's going to get you know 10 points without even looking every game. So I think he'll get the 20 per game this season, but it's going to be a struggle to get three guys there. I think if maybe Will Barton wasn't on this team, Maybe that would be more of a possibility. Maybe if uh, they had somebody else in the starting lineup, like a Kenneth Reed instead of a Paul Millsap, maybe you could see three 20-point-per-game scores. But just with how the Nuggets like to spread it around, I don't see that happening there. Anything else that you noticed from this game? Gary, like I mentioned at the top, was steady. He looked great in his first game back. 5 of 10 from the field, 13 points. Another good game from Trey Lyles, I thought. 29 minutes, 4-7 from the field, 10 points from him. We talked about Mason Plumley. His impressive preseason continues. 
Malik Beasley looked great as well. He's just not missing from three-point land in the preseason. Monte Morris, Christian, another impressive game from him. A guy who's been arguably Denver's most impressive player, I think, this preseason. Yeah, I mean, I think if you just drop Monte into into a situation, he's just going to make everyone around him look a, a little bit better. It's kind of crazy, the cohesiveness and the rhythm that the Nuggets' second unit has displayed so far in the preseason. They they play really well together, and I think a lot of that credit has to be given to Monte Morris. Him and Mason Plumley appear to already have good chemistry in the pick and roll. Mason Plumley, a pretty good roller um, and lob finisher, even if he's not like the most powerful dunker in the world. So Monte Morris, I mean, we've said it many times, just a very, very smart basketball player. I mean, the Nuggets were only up five going into the fourth quarter last night. Perth got the Denver's lead down to one. And then that second unit, which was kind of led by Monte in the fourth quarter, just put them away. Uh, Monte had that one where he deflected the ball and took it down and laid it up. And the game was never really in question after that in the fourth quarter. He does so many things that don't show up in the box score. He just plays winning basketball. That's what the Nuggets love about him. If you're watching Monte Morris, watch how he uses his angles. Watch how he creates angles between him and the, his defender and the guy he's trying to set up. He's so good at you know, drawing defenders to a spot on the floor and finding an open man. He's so good at playing out of the pick and roll and just creating the right amount of space between him and his defender and his role man to get him the ball in a good spot. He just does a lot of things that some of them show up in the box score when it comes to his assists, and he had nine of them last night, a big game for Monte, 15 points, nine assists off the bench in just 26 minutes. It's a lot of assists for only 26 minutes. Uh, aside from the assists, he, he just does so many things that aren't going to show up on a, a regular box score. Yeah, one way some of those small things are reflected is in plus-minus, and he was the Nuggets leader in plus-minus. Nuggets outscored Perth by 17 points in his 26 minutes on the floor. Yeah, I think I might have misspoke a few minutes ago when I said Malik Beasley tied for the team lead in plus-minus. It was actually Monte, plus-17, who outdid Beasley by a point there. But an impressive night for him, an impressive night again for this Nuggets bench, and that's an encouraging thing going into this season, I think. It was one of the big question marks there, and still think there are some questions there, particularly on the wing. Maybe Malik Beasley stepping up into that role and, and going to answer a lot of those questions, but... The Nuggets got to be happy to see Monte Morris play as he's done over this preseason, play as solid as he has. They got to be happy to see Trey Lyles and Mason Plumlee picking up right where they left off last year and Mason Plumlee looking uh, like he's in great shape, great condition heading into this season. And they're just really waiting for the starters to pop at this point. And I have a feeling they will over the next couple games of the preseason here next week. If you haven't been on BSN Denver since last night, I'd encourage you to check it out because while there was some frustration from Michael Malone and from some guys in the locker room, we spoke with Will Barton after the game last night. And yeah, Will was frustrated because the Nuggets just did not play up to par last night and he was cognizant of that. But he also was aware that this is the first time the Nuggets starting lineup has played together. It's still the preseason. They're figuring out kinks just like all teams in the league are. And 
you know, just to take the process in stride. And I thought he offered some much needed perspective on the preseason last night. So you can listen to his comments in full on bsndenver.com inside the locker room, Nuggets versus Perth. You can also read his comments on bsndenver.com in a story I wrote last night, which is online now. But that's all we got for today's show. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week. Talk with you then.